is up, Action Church. Can you just stay standing for just a minute? Can we just give Jesus a shout of praise in this place today? Has he been good to anybody in this room? Has he been good to you? Come on, the Bible says to clap your hands, all you people, and to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And you know, that's what worshipers do. So that's what praisers do. That's what Christ followers do. So let me just say, if this is your first time at church, if you're not a churchy person, and you just, you know, this is your first time, second time, and this is not, you know, this is this next part's not really for you. I, I want I want to know all the, you know, the Jesus people in the room. You know what I'm talking about? Like the G the people that 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 understand that we're we're called to bring something to the house of the Lord. The Bible says we bring a sacrifice of praise into the house. And I just wanna I, I asked the first service this, and I'm gonna ask the next service this. I'm gonna ask you this. H have you ever been to a party? where they ask you to bring something, everybody brings something to the party, like a potluck, a party, you know, buffet style. And so you're, you know, I, this is gonna be easy. I'm gonna make my favorite dish and I can't wait, you know, like two weeks before the party, you've got, you know, in your mind, I, I know what I need and I mean, I'm gonna blow everybody away with this great meal I'm gonna cook. And then you get closer to a couple of days before and you realize I'm not gonna cook that because I didn't go to the store, I have nothing. So I'm maybe I'll bring a cake or some brownies and then you realize the day before you don't even have a brownie mix so now you realize I, I, not only am I going to this party with nothing that I've made now I'm just gonna have to stop by Publix on my way I might just have time to stop by CVS and and just grab a bag of cheddar and sour cream chips amen come on somebody and maybe a bottle of Coke or something like that. that's all I got I, I don't have time and then on your way there you have every intention of stopping by the store and grabbing something a bag of bread something quick and you realize oh I'm late to the party so let you know what I don't really need to bring anything there's so much food there every time they throw food away you know what I'm saying like I see this this, this just loads of food I don't need to bring anything I'm just gonna show up it's gonna be all right. So you pull into the driveway and you realize immediately, what have I done? I gotta walk in empty handed. I gotta walk in and you kind of start feeling that shame because why? You didn't bring anything. And so then you kind of wish you could sneak in the back door so nobody would see you, but instead you ring the doorbell and you just hope that nobody asks you the dreaded question, what did you bring? And so you decide, let me just slink in and you see everybody eating. And so you walk up to the table and, and you just kind of just get your plate and you just get a little bit of a chicken wing. You just get a couple of chips. Not some, some of you would say, I don't care. I'm gonna eat whatever I want. But most of us would say, because I didn't bring anything, I'm not really gonna go crazy eating. If I had just brought something, I could have I had access to everything on the table. I could eat everything I want as much as I want. I could throw it away if I wanted to. But because I didn't bring anything, I'm kind of like, let me just piecemeal. Let me just take a little bit. You know, the Bible says that we are to bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. When you come into the house, when you bring something, did anybody bring a shout? Did anybody bring some joy into the house? Did anybody bring some peace into the house? Anybody ever been healed before? So you brought some faith with you today. Knowing that God is going to do something. See, when you bring something, now you have access to everything that's in the atmosphere. There's more joy. There's more peace. There's more healing when you bring something. We bring a sacrifice into the house of the Lord. That's why we sing. That's why we shout. That's why we clap. The Bible says, let everything that has breath. So go ahead. 
let's lift up a shout. This is the day God's made. This is where the buffet is all is laid out for you. Everything that you need is on the table today. So rejoice. Look at somebody and say rejoice. Come on, look at somebody and say rejoice. Rejoice means to brighten up, to spin around, and leap for joy. I want to look, come on, look at somebody and say smile. You, you look about five years younger just because you smile. And then, and then, and then rejoice. This is, this is like, if you look at the word rejoice, this is what it means. It means to brighten up. So every, in the balcony, smile. Smile, everybody smile. I, I want to see some pearly white teeth. Come on, smile. So, and then rejoice means to spin around. That's a little radical. I want to see everybody spinning. Come on, just turn around right where you are. Come on, turn around. And as you're turning around, I want you to, by faith, believe that your circumstance is turning around. Come on, by faith, believe that your finances are turning around. By faith, as you worship God, as you rejoice, God is moving in your family. And then it means to leap for joy. Come on, everybody. I want to see you get up on your toes. Let's leap for joy. This is the day that God's made. We will rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. Don't wait to feel glad. Rejoice and be glad. Wow, well, that's just my introduction. You can be seated. You can be seated. I am so glad to be with you today. I know my shoe is untied, and that's probably driving everybody crazy. So if anybody wants to run up here and tie it for me real quick, I would appreciate it. Go ahead. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? And double knot, double knot, because I might run today, and I might just have to take these shoes off. And I heard you don't wear heels. Thank you, sir. That was it's like precision right there. That's precision. My shoe has never been tied that well, ever. You know, I am so glad to be here at Action Church. I want to first give honor to whom honor is due, and that is Pastor, Pastor Justin. I am so grateful. Come on, can you give it up? Thank God for your pastor. Thank God for the leadership of this house. It's amazing what God is doing at Action Church. I got to tell you, when my husband said, you know, I just don't feel like this building is ours. I believe it's Pastor Justin's. I said, I don't know if you're really hearing God, but I'll go with you. And then when we walked in the day, the day that you had opened the door and had just renovated everything, I said to Pastor Justin, we made a mistake. I'm going to need the keys back. And... Uh, <laughs> So I don't know what we were thinking, but yeah, we, we changed our minds. And he said, well, a little late for that. But we are just thrilled at what God is doing at Action Church in our city. I am just so grateful. There's more believers in our city because of Action Church. There's more people that are free in Jesus because of Action Church. There are people that know Jesus and that are living out their purpose because of Action Church. And we are just so grateful that our city is better because you're here. You're here, so there's no competition, and we are just so grateful that Pastor Justin would invite us to come. My husband is actually here today, my husband of 34 years. Would you stand and wave at everybody? He is, he is um, a, he's a musician, he's an administrator, he, he just does everything behind the scenes so that I can stand up here and do what I do, and I'm so grateful. We traveled together for 20 years in music ministry, and now we're pastoring Epic Life Church, and our, our church was watching during the first service. They're actually watching it right now, the first service, so I'm just so grateful that our church is able to be a part of this. Thank God for technology, amen, and so my, my mother is here. Mother, would you stand? Just stand. This is Dr. Faith Frederick. That's right, you better be here, you better come. No, she's here and she is just a woman of faith and her name is Faith. So I'm grateful to have my, my mother and my husband here. Also, 
our family, I wanna show you a picture of our family. We have three children, and that's our youngest, that's Nathan, and Danielle's our oldest, and then Nicole is our middle child, and we serve together. My kids grew up traveling in ministry. All they know is church. All they know is concerts and conferences. They've gone with us everywhere, all over the world, and now they are pastoring alongside us at Epic Life Church, doing our worship, our kids' ministry, overseeing so much, and so we are just grateful for our family and this season of Epic Life and the season of this new music that we're putting out the end of July. Actually, um, did y'all like that song? It was just a little snippet. No one's seen the video, by the way. You're the first to see the video. It doesn't even come out until tomorrow, so y'all saw it first. I mean, you saw a piece of it, but tomorrow it'll be available. But you can download the, the single right now anywhere. You can stream music, Spotify, Apple, and maybe at the end of the service, they can put uh, the, that the, the uh, code back up, and you can snap a picture, and you could download that today and stream it right now right now and be listening to it on your way home. That would be amazing for us. But I'm glad to be here and I've got a word for you. I've got a few words for you. <laughs> I got a couple of words for Action Church and first service, they were ready for me, y'all. I hope y'all are ready for what God, I mean, you need to be leaned in. This is not a time to sit back. This is not a time just to think it's just gonna be this, you know, like, you know, you just kind of came to kind of see plug in a little bit. No, you need to be leaned in and, and, and be full of expectation for what God wants to speak to you today. I believe God wants to speak to everyone in this room today, right where you are, and he wants to take you further than you've ever been. That, that's what God's gonna do in this room today. So I, I cannot wait to preach this because I love the idea of letters to the church. I just love that theme. That made it kind of easy for me because I started studying letters in the Bible and I kind of did a deep dive and I got a little too deep so I had to come back a little bit. And uh, next time I come, or maybe I'll preach that again, but the, 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 when you start reading the letters to the church, there were a lot of letters to the church, but Jesus, when he ascended, wrote, he appeared to John, the beloved, and he began to speak through John. John began to write seven different letters to the churches, and there were several several different letters, and as I read the different letters, and I began to study the different le letters, um, I noticed that only two churches that Jesus wrote letters to uh, actually received encouragement. The rest received a warning or a rebuke, and as I began to to, to read that, I said, letters are so important because they indicate something that we need to know. There's information in a letter. So I've got some things that I believe God needs you to know as Christ followers, as a part of Action Church, if that's where you belong, this is your home church, I believe that God has a question for you today. As a body, as a people, as a Christ follower, that I wanna ask you today, because if I could say one thing in a letter, to you that I believe would impact your life on a large scale that could potentially change everything. This is what I would ask you, and I'm gonna ask you now. This is the letter I would write, and here it is. Action Church, do you know who you are in Christ? Do you know who you are in Christ? Do you know the authority that you have in Christ? See, these are important questions that beg answers that we need to know if we're Christ followers, if you are not a Christ follower, I hope before the end of the day you will make him the Lord of your life because it is the greatest decision you'll ever make and all the other Jesus followers said amen. amen. 
Come on, if Jesus changed your life and you went from, you were walking one way and now God has totally transformed your life, can you make a little noise? Can you get a little excited? So, so, so what, is it, what is it that you know? You see, because you and I are living in the most intense time in human history, I believe. And, and it's not a time for you and I to cower in fear, to shrink back. It's time for you and I to use the authority God has given us. Somebody say amen. 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 And Luke 10, 19 tells us, Jesus said, behold, I give you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. So I give you the power to trample on what would harm you, what's there to destroy you. Now, we're not gonna go take snakes and scorpions and, and try our luck there. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about anything that would try to, to, to harm you. Jesus said, I've given you the authority to trample on that. He's put all things under our feet. And, and many people, when they ask you, how are you doing? You say, well, I, I guess I'm doing good under the circumstances. My question would be, why are you under the circumstances? When you've been given power, what are you doing under there? When you've been given power to trample on anything that is attacking you and coming against you. I'm going to convince some people today with God's word. All right, that's what I've come to do. So if you're going to walk in spiritual authority, you've got to know what it is. You've got to know that it belongs to you, and you've got to know how to use it. You've got to know how to use it. Don't try to get out here with a firearm and you don't know how to use it. My husband, um, a few years ago, said, we need to learn how to shoot. We need to learn. And thank you for the information. I, I now have free classes to go after first service. Someone said, you need to learn how to shoot. I said, you're right, I do, before I shoot myself. And, and so he said, We're, I'm going to get us some, you know, a handgun. I'd feel better knowing that you have a handgun. And I said, that's fine. It just has to be pink. And I don't mind a little rhinestones, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's gotta, it's gotta look cool. I, like, it's, it's gotta be, you know, it's gotta be an accessory. That's all I'm saying. Come on, ladies, y'all know what I'm talking about. And, and so don't just give me something that doesn't look cool. It's gotta fit with the, you know, the, uh, with the, the look and all of that. So, um, so my husband said, well, you can't show it to anybody. I said, well, then that ruins it. So, so, so he said, I, wanna, I want you to carry a firearm. And I said, well, there's no reason for me to carry it if I don't know how to use it because I'll just hurt myself. So we went to a few classes and we learned a few things and I still don't know how to really use it, but I feel like I do and I got the card, okay? But you and I, we're dangerous if we don't understand the authority that we have and we don't know how to wield the authority and the authority that Jesus is talking about in Luke 10 is not brute force power. It's, it's delegated power. It's power that's been given to you. When a policeman steps out in traffic, he's wearing the uniform and he puts his hand up, he doesn't stop the cars with brute force. He stops the cars with delegated authority. He, he, he's stopping them because he's wearing a uniform that says, I'm in charge. I have authority. And he's backed by the law. Now, see, that's the authority that you and I have in Christ. You're not stopping the forces of darkness. You're not stopping lack or evil or fear with your own strength. You are stopping them with the delegated authority that has been given to you by God in Christ. You're backed by the power of the Almighty God. 
How amazing is that? How amazing is it that the God Almighty himself is the power behind your authority? It's not you. It's not in your strength. It's in his strength. Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's not our strength. Thank God. That means you can step out in front of the enemy who's coming against your family, who's coming against your marriage, who's trying to make you feel like you're under the circumstances, and you can hold up your hand and say, I'm backed by a greater authority, devil. You gotta get under my feet. You've gotta get behind me in Jesus' name. So, so authority belongs to you. The Bible tells us that we are the body of Christ, but Jesus is the head. Jesus is the head of the body. We are the body. And when he died, he, he relegated it to perpetuated it onto us. His authority was given to us. We are the body of Christ. And so when Jesus rose from the dead, he transferred his authority to the body of Christ, the church. In other words, when Christ was raised, we were raised. Ephesians tells us that we were raised from the dead along with Christ and we were seated in the heavenly realms. So because Jesus is seated, you and I are seated. So you've got to recognize the victory that you have. That we are not, you've probably heard this before, that we are not operating from, uh, from in a place where of weakness or, or fear, but we are operating from a place of victory, seated with Jesus in heavenly places. See, this is important for us to know because if we don't understand it, we won't use this authority we have. So how do I use it? Well, the door to exercising your authority in Christ hinges on God's word. You don't have authority on your own. You have it through the power and authority of God's word. The Bible tells us that my people perish for lack of knowledge. God's word is knowledge. God's word is life. God's word is breath. It's bread to us. And so as we're feeding every day, every day, every day on God's word, we're being renewed every day, renewed, strengthened every day by God's word, by God's word. And, and people say all the time, well, I, you know, I quote scripture and I sing songs and I come to church when I feel like it and, and when it's convenient and when my Disney passes don't have blackout dates. I come to church. Um, <laughs> But I, you know, not, not, not all the time, but you know, when I can and, and, and I just don't understand why I'm not an overcomer and I'm still battling with these thoughts and I'm still dealing with the struggle and it's still a problem and I can't overcome. And it's because you've rehearsed your problem longer than you've rehearsed God's word. If I got up and said, I'm going to sing a song today and it's going to be great. And I got up and tried to sing a song that I'd heard one time that I barely knew the melody or the words, you would say, I don't care how well you sing. You are a hot mess. I need you to go sit down. <laughs> I could recite the words off the back of the, of the TV screen. I could recite the words. I could put them here. But if I don't know the song, I heard the song. I could probably bop along to the song. But I don't know the song. I don't know it to where if you took all the words away, I could, I could sing it. I wouldn't have to think about it. It would just be, man, it would just be that knee-jerk response. It would just flow out of me. That's how God's word needs to flow out of you. So that when you get to that place of adversity, that place of trial, instead of just reacting in the moment to anger or frustration or whatever you've been feeding on, your knee-jerk reaction is, God, you are able to overcome everything that's coming against me. That response mechanism, we need to check that every once in a while. 
We need to check that. What's flowing out of us when the adversary comes against us? What's flowing out of us? What have we been feeding on? And how do we use God's word? We use God's word every day. How do we get this authority? By using God's word. So you may be saying, why do I need spiritual authority? Why do I need that? I've got Jesus. Why do I need authority? Because the enemy, Satan, will feed you lies. And many times we don't know the difference between the lie and the truth if we don't know God's word. And if you don't know God's word, you'll just start believing the lies. They'll feel like truth to you. And now you have made changes and decisions and you're living your life and your belief systems, your behaviors are now based on a lie. We're seeing that happen all over in our world today. People that don't know God's word, they don't know that they're loved unconditionally. They don't know that they have God the Father who doesn't care how far they've strayed, doesn't care how far they've turned away from him. He just wants them back. See, they believe the lie of the enemy that they're gonna come to church and be judged and condemned and kicked out. And that's what the devil has told them. They don't know that they can come and experience the love of Christ just like you did when you met Jesus. Who's going to tell them if you and I don't? That's why we need spiritual authority. You and I need to have our voices strong, filled with the word of God, so that when that moment comes and we encounter someone that's away from Christ, could be your son, could be your daughter, it could be your spouse, it could be a family member, it could be a coworker, it could be someone that you encounter going about your day. In that moment, you are filled with God's word. So now God's word is flowing out of you and you are bringing life and hope to people and truth to people that have believed the lies of the enemy. That's how we break chains. That's how we see breakthrough. That's how we see the greatest revival in the history of the world. See, the devil wants to tell you the lie today that it's over. Nobody's gonna be saved. Ain't no, it, it's, the world is going to hell. Can I tell you the truth is that we are about to see the greatest revival that America has ever experienced. We are about to see sons and daughters, the spirit of adoption, visit this earth, and people are about to come to Jesus in droves. Y'all better be ready. Action Church, you better be ready for what God's gonna do. So you need to start believing truth. Stop believing the lie that you're a loser and you're not worth anything. That's what the devil tells you. I'm not gonna win at anything in life. No, here's the truth. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Here's the lie. I'm disqualified to ever be used by God because I've made way too many mistakes. Anybody ever fall for that one? Here's the truth. Here's the truth. God chose the world. God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. The lie tells us that God doesn't love me. I'm too broken. The truth says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The lie says nobody cares about me. The truth says I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. My name is Emmanuel. God, I am with you. That is the truth. The lie says you're never going to break that addiction. You're never going to get out of that cycle. You're stuck. Your mama was broke. Your daddy was broke. There's alcoholism all throughout your family. You are stuck. You're never going to get healed of that sickness. You're going to die. You're always going to be in pain. The truth says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. That's the truth. The lie says I can never be forgiven. The truth says in him we have forgiveness and redemption through his blood. See, that's the truth. Can somebody just give God praise for the truth of his word today? 
Come on, let's just give him praise for the truth of God's word. Stop listening to the lies. Start believing the truth. And you know, it would be a lot for me to say, you're all listening to lies. And how would I know that? I'm way more spiritual. You don't say I'd, you know, it, it's funny because as you're preaching sometimes, Pastor Justin, y'all know, you hear people talk in their minds. You think you do sometimes. That's why you can't be insecure and be up here. Because you look out and go, they hate me. Like they would rather be playing solitaire right now. I am not. So you have to push through because everything we do is war. So you got to understand, every time you worship God, it's war. Every time you make a decision to, 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 to serve on the dream team, you've just committed an act of war. Every time you've made a decision to, to, to stay in a situation that you could bail on, it's war. Every time you hear God and you obey him instead of what your flesh wants to do, you've literally committed an act of war. You haven't just picked a fight with the devil when you start giving and tithing. You've actually come into a conflict with the enemy and now he's on your heels. Now, is that anything to be afraid of? Absolutely not. That's why I'm here today to let you know that you are armed and dangerous. And if you'll understand the word of God, it will fight and wield a sword against your enemy. And the lies are what you got to stop believing. Stop agreeing with the devil over your life. Get an agreement with God. Use God's word and watch it begin to cut off every lie of the enemy every single day of your life. The question is, what do you believe? This is a question that you and I need to ask. What do I believe? And does your life reflect what you believe? Because I promise you it does. It does. Your life reflects what you believe, whether good or bad. It'll show up. No, 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 nobody knows. Oh yeah, we know. <laughs> you think we don't know, but people know. We can see it, the words coming out of your mouth, your reaction in situations, we understand. And then if, 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 if you know what you believe, do you live what you believe? Are you living out? Let me say it this way. As I'm preaching at Action Church, and I decided I want to preach this to you the way I wish somebody would come and preach to my church. Is that all right? Can I do that just how I'm feeling it right now? I, I, I want to ask you this question, uh, Action Church. Are you someone who attends Action Church, or are you a person of action? Are, are, you, are you somebody that just says, I go to serve day, I'm, you know, I try to serve on the dream team, I go to all the events when we're doing outreach, all that stuff, but is that something that is literally sparking a fire and flame in your life so that every day, beyond serve day, beyond Sunday, God, I wanna live this out. I wanna, I wanna live out what I say I believe. Are, are, we, are we someone who has the, actions, uh, the Action Church bumper sticker? Because I've seen y'all everywhere I go. Like everybody has an Action Church bumper sticker, and I love it. Y'all are everywhere. Do you just wear the bumper sticker, and, but you only come to church whenever it's convenient? Because I can watch online now. Man, it's so cool. I got two days off, and I can chill. I can just kind of be home and, you know, rock, the, you know, the, the pajamas, and I don't have to worry about it. It's so cool. Okay, that's cool. You do you, all right? You do you. You do what you got to do, but I got to tell you, when it's time to start walking in authority, when the enemy shows up at your house, and he will, when you start realizing that the struggle is real, and the devil is real, and he is knocking at your door, not to, to cause you fear, but to, for you to recognize that you have authority at your disposal, but if you are disconnected from the body, you're not going to experience the authority that Jesus gave us when he went to heaven. See, the body is so important because it, it, the Bible talks about when we gather, because you and I, when we gather, something happens. It can't happen, any, can't happen online. 
It can't happen just because we're watching the laptop. It can't happen because we're just listening to podcasts. All of it's good. All of it's great. It's all great resource. Love it all. Love it all. But there's something about a believer gathering with other believers. The Bible says that we discern the body, that you and I begin to see and pinpoint. My discernment now picks up on pain or hurt or joy or something in you. And now I begin to feed on that. It begins to electrify me when I begin to sit with other people. The Bible talks about we build God a habitation of worship. And when we build God a habitation, he dwells where there is worship. So if I build him a house all by myself, I only have the capacity to receive the presence of God at the limit of my own ability. But when I get together with other believers, that house takes on more rooms and, and square footage and it becomes a, a habitation of praise. And God shows up wherever people are worshiping. He shows up for praisers. Can I tell you, prayer is important. Prayer is important. We need to pray every single day. But God will dispatch angels for people who pray. God himself will show up for people who praise. Look it up. David said, I called, I called from, from the miry pit. I called, and you heard my cry. I called out to you, God, and you came down off of your holy hill. You got off your throne, and you came down to where I was. When David stopped and quit complaining and started worshiping God, God showed up. See, that's the authority that you have. I'm not talking about commanding God. I'm talking about getting in a place of surrender. God, I need you. But see, what the enemy will tell you, I'm gonna give you some lies that the enemy will tell you. The enemy will tell you that you can't trust God. You have to do some things by yourself. No, 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 you gotta get yourself out of this pit. Can you imagine if David thought that? Can you imagine if David said, you know what, God, I, you, you let me get here, so I'm gonna get myself out. No, I, 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 I gotta stop believing the lie that I can fix my own brokenness that I can deal with my own addiction, that the family problems are gonna go away when I just ignore them or I get enough counseling, love counseling, love therapy, but there's something, the only, the power of God can break off in your life. So the enemy says, you can't trust God. Let me tell you, when you're faced with a problem, if your response is, how can I fix this instead of Lord, I need you to fix this, you're trusting in yourself. The Bible says some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. We put our trust in him. And the only way to silence the enemy's lies is with God's word. So here's a scripture you can fight with. Y'all want some scriptures you can fight with today? Ephesians 6.10 says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the enemy's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not your mother-in-law. But it's against the rulers. Don't look at her. Against the authorities. Against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces in heavenly realms. That's how we fight. We fight with God's word. Here's another lie from Satan. You can be passive about sin because it's just not that big of a deal. Sin, sin is just not that big a deal. Everybody is doing this. Everybody's going there. Why do y'all have to be so judgmental? See, it's easy to forget that you and I are in a war. 
You're in a war for your children. Don't try to raise your children the way you were raised. It's a totally different fight. It's totally different. You've gotta be armed. You cannot be passive because the weapons of the enemy will come against you. But I can tell you today, the enemy is not being passive about taking you and your family down. Can I be real today? I, don't, I, I wanna give you a good, happy message, but I, gotta, I brought some warnings with me today. For this next generation, I'm telling you, the enemy is not passive, so you and I cannot be passive. We've got to be armed. Here's what God says in Galatians 5.1. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Just because there's freedom, just for freedom that he set us free. So stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So we have every opportunity and right to stay out of sin, to say, I'm not coming into agreement with that. And sometimes we open the door to it by all the things we're watching on television. Wow. Netflix, Amazon Prime, it's all there and ain't none of it good. None of it is, is, is going to feed you what God's word will feed you. Now, am I saying don't watch that and only watch, you know, godliness? No, I, I think we can, we, can, we can be discerning. But I'm saying if you're only feeding on McDonald's, Big Mac. I know it. I'm sorry. Let me get off that. I was going to say Chick-fil-A, but Chick-fil-A is saved. And is sanctified. Even the waffle fries are, are crosses. You seen that? It's true. They're absolutely saved, and they're all praying over all of us all the time, everybody that works there. They're praying in the Holy Spirit for us as we go through the drive-thru. They're praying over the chicken. And I'm, see, see, this is what happens. I, I go off the, the script here. So you and I have to understand, we don't want to be yoked to something. We've been given the authority to disconnect. We've been given authority over sin, so why are we playing with it? And you and I cannot be passive because you, got, you can bet the enemy is not passive. And the next thing the enemy tells us and lies to us is change is too hard. So I'm just gonna stay the way I am. It's just too hard. Here's, here's what I love about the Bible. Hebrews 6 in the message translation says this. Are y'all ready? It says this. So come on. I feel like they're just yelling at us a little bit. Let's leave the preschool finger painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of art. Grow up in Christ. The basic foundational truths are in place. Turning your back on salvation by self-help and turning to trust toward God. Let's get on with it. The Bible says there's so much more, so let's get on with it. So you and I have to keep growing and maturing and moving forward in our relationship with God. God is calling us to more. And here's what Ephesians says in verse five, uh, chapter five, verse 11. It says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So we're gonna expose them real quick today. We're, we're going to expose some things that you need to know. The first thing is the devil is real. I got a wasp. I ain't gonna try to sting me. Don't y'all worry about it. Listen, okay, so I get 30 seconds back. Okay, um, can I just tell you, that happened to me on stage one time. There was a roach, and it was crawling. I was singing, because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you praise. I'm singing at this big building like this. People are all filled. And a giant roach that you could put a saddle on comes and had wings that were getting ready to take off. And it was coming here. And all my girls, all my singers were like, they are grabbing their purses. They're completely leaving the stage. And I'm like, because of who you are, it gets a little closer. I will lift my voice. 
place and say, Lord, I worship you. Gets about right there. Because of who you are. This is what I did. Jehovah Jireh. And it was over just like that. See, that's how you need to treat sin. That's how you need to treat problems. That's how you need to treat your sickness. That's how you need to treat lack. That's how you need to treat unbelief. It's under my feet. I've been given all power and authority, and the enemy is under my feet. Woo! Somebody just give God praise right here. Right here, right in this place. Come on, it's your praise that will make the difference. It is your worship. It is your praise. It is your declaration that will make the difference in your life. I want to pray for you today. Can I pray for you today? I want everyone to close your eyes in this moment, bow your heads. I want to pray right now. The power of God would come into your heart and into your life. And whatever word that you already know, maybe you feel like, oh, I should read my Bible more. Oh, I need to spend more time in church. Oh, can I just say God is so good that in this moment right here, right now, that the word that you do have in your heart, God right now is stirring that up. The seed of the word of God, whatever that is. It's the seed of the word of God. God, stir it up in their heart. Stir it up. Let it be the foundation of more, of what's, come, what's to come. You have called us to more. And God, we're not going to look back on the mistakes of our life and wish we could have done it differently because God, we've got to leave that in your hands and trust you. That our marriages, our children, all of those things, that maybe we've kind of missed the mark. God, we trust that you can make up for every weakness. You can make up for whatever we've missed. So I pray today, God, that we would be people who would walk in your authority, not in our own. On our own, we make mistakes. In our own, we're weak. But in you, we're strong. So fill us with your power. Fill us with your spirit so that we are not fear-filled, but we are faith-filled people ready to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name. I want to ask if you continue to pray with me today. Just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed just for another moment. If you're in this room today, if you're watching online or at any of the other campuses today, you've never surrendered to Jesus your whole life. You still try to fix your own problems. You're still trying to do life the way it feels right to you. Can I tell you today is the day that everything can change because Jesus said today is a day of salvation. What does that look like? It just looks like surrender. Surrender. You know, you're surrendering all the time. Every time you get in an airplane, you surrender to the pilot that they know how to get you where you're going. You surrender to the doctor's scalpel when it's time to go into surgery. You surrender, believing that he knows exactly what to do to save your life, to fix your problem. You, you're surrendering all the time. When you walked into this room today, you sat in a chair and you just believed that it would hold you. You didn't even worry about it. See, that's what surrender looks like. It's Jesus, I'm ready to surrender. First of all, I know I need forgiveness of sins. I know I need a savior. When you recognize that, that's when everything changes. God, I know I need a savior. I need to, to get rid of all of these things that feel like they're following me into my future. Can I tell you that when you meet Jesus, the past is erased and it's a new day. If you're here today and you would say, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life just means I need to surrender to him. I wanna ask, be bold. Would you lift your hand up in this room? Lift it up and say, that's me. I'm not gonna ask you to stand up or come down, but I wanna see your hand go up. Is there anybody here? Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. I want us to all pray this out loud together. Just repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today. 
I know I need a savior. I'm ready to surrender. I give you my life. You can have it all. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Today I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, Action Church. Can we thank God for lives that were transformed in this room today? Come on, God bless you.